0: that you have appointed gifts to us to use in your freedom. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Hey, hey.
2: How are we doing? All right. That we, doing uh, good. Listen, y'all, Cato Barnes was about to get Pentecostal right here. If the boy hadn't had a guitar, he would have been dancing up and down this station. He was free. Some of y'all, I ain't sure. You know who you are. It's okay to be a freed-up Baptist, all right? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's uh, back there. Some of my people are back there somewhere. <laughs> this is the room where you can talk back. Yes. It's welcome. There we go. I should not encourage that. <laughs> Uh, but hey, uh, I'm Vic. This is Chris and Joel. Hello. And uh, if it's your first time in the room, we are excited that you are here, uh, and always surprising to me that we uh, even this deep into the semester sometimes have first time people in the room. Um, <clears throat> but a uh, couple of things, uh, Caroline told you that uh, we will not be gathering in here at eight next week, uh, which which feels a little sad. Yeah. But Uh, The event that we're going to partner with Prince uh, Avenue Baptist on, it's hard to say that in one. Yeah, one breath. You got to take a little breath. Yeah, uh, is an amazing opportunity for you guys to hear from the International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, uh, Kyle Ferguson, who's one of our partners here. Uh, Yeah, well, some of you know, Kyle, we're going to be kind of taking a deep dive uh, into missions and how you can serve. And you'll hear about lots of opportunities there. Uh, that starts at seven at Prince Avenue Baptist. And I, I I highly encourage you to be there and be part of it. Uh, Caleb and our guys are gonna be leading worship and uh, it's gonna, it'll be, it's it gonna to be, be awesome. F- you get like a free gift too, right? Oh yeah, and JD Greer, oh, uh, and I'm gonna say Sky. this, so I'm about to put Sky Pratt <laughs> on the spot. Uh, uh, J.D. Greer's got a new book coming out, uh, and the release is that night. You guys, if you come, you'll, everybody gets a copy, nice. and it's the—you'll be the first people that have it in your That's grubby little cool. hands. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, well, so now that is, yeah. yeah. So now you're coming. That's right. Um, yeah. your free books. So next time we'll meet here is in two weeks. In two weeks. And and hey, so I, I'm i preaching through 1 Corinthians 13. I'll do the online message. So we just would encourage you, if you want to keep up, watch online or come to one of the morning services. We have morning available. services
0: next week, online services. And yep. make sure
2: you sign up. So you yes. do have,
0: for the morning services, if you come to one of those, register, please. We really need your help for that. Um, but, we have the online service too at walkinsville.org. You were looking real short. Yeah.
2: I know. I was like, why? Why do I feel I'm like, like I'm at the kids' table? I feel bad. I was starting to feel insecure. So we are in First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. So if you have your Bible, please find that. Um, one of the things I hope you've picked up on uh, about the church at Corinth is this is a jacked up mess of a church. Mm-hmm. Right. They uh, almost every issue is a, is divisive in some way. When you think about it, when the early on, we looked at them trying to divide over teachers. Uh, then you have the issue of the all the sexual impropriety and the head covering like. The, they're just trying to divide and pick sides, and there's this hierarchy inside the church that's not very spiritual at all. And Paul in this chapter is going to address the issue of spiritual gifts. What's happening in Corinth is they are using this, misusing the spiritual gifts in order to take advantage of one another uh, and maybe overplay some gifts over other gifts. And Paul is about to set the record straight. Um, Actually, in God's uh, economy, if you will, I'm going to give you this kind of a big overarching idea. And then we're going to see how it plays out in chapter 12. In God's economy, when God's ruling and reigning, you have uh, order, you have diversity, and you have beauty, right? All you got to do is look around the creation and you see that. Order, diversity, beauty. Mm -hmm. When God's not reigning and ruling in his people's hearts and in his church, what you have is the opposite of that. Um, I just went blank. Disorder. 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 Thank you. You you have uh, uh, you have chaos, disorder, and you have death.
0: Disorder, division, and death. What's well, going three right. d Yeah, three Ds. Oh, this is a Baptist church.
2: Disorder, division, and death. See, I can't do that. That's yeah. a that's yeah. like yeah. a superpower. That's right. The spiritual deal. Did you do that on the spot? Uh, maybe. Okay. So that's the overarching picture there in God's economy. Order, diversity, beauty, and that's not happening in the church at Corinth. Mm-hmm. So, w- w- let's dig in and see how Paul addresses it. You get any opening no, remarks? I was going to read it. I mean,
1: my opening remark is chapter twelve, verse one. All right. Um, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Just right out the gates, I just, when I see this, you can see, again, Paul, I mean, again, this is a jacked-up church, right? They, they manage to not just have the sexual immorality stuff going on. They manage to mess up the Lord's Supper. They're fighting over spiritual gifts. Like, they, they take everything and make it just bad, you know? But he's being very pastoral here, right? He's, I, just, I just want you to understand. I want you to understand spiritual just i don't want you to be uninformed i mean that's that's our desire for you tonight as well um and apparently he thinks that they may struggle to do so because of their former pagan allegiance right he said you you were pagans you were led astray to mute idols however you're led i don't want you to be informed because of that um just a couple of simple takeaways here from the from just out the gates that just jump off to me off the page first of all our god speaks can we just say that? I mean, it's yes. simple, but like yes. they're led astray straight to mute idols, right? They're yes, coming yeah. out of this context of worshiping blots of stone, gold, whatever it was. Like, don't, don't be bored with Christianity. Don't forget the fact that the God who spoke giraffes and galaxies into existence also spoke to us, like, through his son and through his word. Like, we serve a God who speaks. We don't serve mute idols. So yeah. praise God for that. So just... You know don't don't just rush through the text as you're reading this like mute idols no we serve a god who speaks okay also just note the way of the spirit as we're going to see is different from often counter to the world other religions what you expect and we're going to dive into this in a second but i mean we've already seen this right as we've worked through first corinthians so far we keep seeing things like they want wisdom they want this and that we preach Christ crucified. like what what we preach doesn't make sense to the world. And we're going to see that here as well. That The way the Spirit moves, the way the Spirit works, the way gifts are apportioned by the will of God isn't going to fit necessarily with the world's economy and the way that things uh, we
2: might expect to play out. One more, one more quick thing. The initial test for whether or not the Holy Spirit is at work is given to us in this, these verses. Mm-hmm. Do you see it? The initial test for whether the Holy Spirit is working is not can you heal people, can you speak in tongues. It's this. You confessing and living like Jesus is Lord. You see it? No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's the initial confirmation that the Holy Spirit is working in someone's life. Thought I'd get that in there. And can we we just like, (laughs) do you need a... Don't a moment. Go, ahead. go I'm sorry. No, no. no I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on the
0: same thought. It's that this is a miracle. Yes. Like if, if you haven't stepped back and said to yourself, like, as a Christian, what's happened and taken place in my life is a complete miracle, uh, that it has to be the work of the spirit for us to confess Jesus the Lord. That's what he's saying here, that, that people can't go around and just like pop that off. Jesus is Lord in a way that's actually meaningful, in a way in actually, that they actually mean it, unless God has worked in their hearts. Yeah. It's and very important to establish is. up front. The whole thing he's doing here, oh I to no, get the whole thing he's doing here is he's he's, he's setting uh, like our minds to see spiritual gifts in the correct way. Yeah. Mm. So through the entire text, he's gonna keep like like, back up, back up. You're, you're not viewing this issue, this subject, the way in which you should. And the first way in these verses is you need to see that, like, the gift is not the gifts. The gift is the Spirit of God in our lives. Mm. Okay? That's a good word. Right so, so that's where we start. So let's, let's get our eyes correctly on this subject of, of, of spiritual gifts by first understanding that the gift is the Holy Spirit.
1: And that was actually a great segue into what I was going to say, so it was perfect. I just, I I think one of the dangers that we fall into so often in the church in America is that of assumption, assuming that everyone is kind of on the same page, knows all the same things, whatever. So I'm not assuming anything here. I just, I feel like we need to take a moment and talk about the third person of the Trinity, right? The Holy Spirit, Him. It's not an it. That's right. It's a Him. Like, who is... Who is the Holy Spirit? So sometimes what happens is there's, there's really two ditches with the Holy Spirit. One is to fall over here into the, like, hyper-over-emphasizing of, of the Spirit in the sense of, like, oh, the feeling, the ocean, the power. That's what it's all about. I want to seek that, uh, seek that, right? We can, we can touch on that later if we need to. But I think the other error that can be fallen into and that happens mainly more often in our context is to maybe not talk much about the spirit, to, to downplay the spirit, often I think because we don't really understand it, right? <laughs> him. We don't understand him. He doesn't fit into our little, like why do we have to understand everything? I don't, under, I don't get this. Like why do we have to quantify everything? I talk to my kids about this all the time because they, um, they'll ask these questions. There are certain questions I just can't answer and I'm like, guys, if I could explain every detail fully <laughs> about the Godhead, I would be God, he would not thing is not working, which is fine. Um, <laughs> if we could explain everything and understand everything about God, I don't think he would be God. I believe in God more because there are things That's about right. his nature and character yeah. mm-hmm. that my tiny little human brain cannot grasp completely. So just for a second, there are a lot of things about the Holy Spirit that maybe we don't fully get, but there are some that we do that scripture gives us. And so I just want to take a minute and walk through a few things about the Holy Spirit that we know from text. And you guys have been to seminary, so if I miss something, just Tell me, but just real quickly, from here in the text, we know that, as we already said, our relationship to Jesus as Lord or not hinges on us having the Holy Spirit, right? And then again, that Spirit is instrumental in our salvation because the Spirit brings conviction, the Spirit opens eyes in the hearts, the Spirit seals the believer, and the Spirit guarantees eternity. That's all the Holy Spirit's work. We know that through the Spirit, we are given gifts. We're going to talk about this tonight for the common good, and they're apportioned according to His will, the Spirit's will. And then not to mention the fruits of the Spirit. I won't sing the song, but I can do that later if we need to. Um, We know that Jesus believed it was better for us to have the Spirit inside of us than to have Jesus with us right here on earth. He said that in John 16, okay? We know that the Holy Spirit sends us out and guides us on mission. We can see that all throughout Acts. That It was the Holy Spirit and the church gathered in the name of the Spirit, sending out Paul, sending out other missionaries. Paul was guided here. Don't go there. Go there. All by the Holy Spirit. We know that when they are filled with the Spirit, we are emboldened for witness for Christ, okay? See Peter, pre-falling of the Spirit and post. He's a different dude. And just sidebar, if your life is not characterized by bold witness for Jesus, then there are really only two options. Either you're not truly filled with the Spirit, you're not a Christian, or you're quenching the Spirit, which can happen. And we can talk about that too if we need to. And then finally, we know that the Holy Spirit magnifies Jesus. That's his job. John 14. So, If in the manifestation of these spiritual gifts we're going to talk about, if you or anything or anyone other than Jesus is lifted up and magnified, then it may be the wrong spirit. So that was quick and just big picture. And again, if I miss anything, tell me.
2: So here's the question we need to ask. How how do you get to the point where you're really confused about gifts? Like, what's our problem?
0: So here's my idea. That's that's why why I ask you. (laughs) I was like, where's the I thought you
2: might have an idea. <laughs>
0: I have an idea. Um, so, a friend of mine gave me this gift. That's why I have it here with me as an illustration. Uh, isn't this cool? He painted this with um, spray paint. Um, he was a graffiti That's artist. Crazy. And I kept telling him how cool his, his art was. And, and then, um, next thing I know, he's just like, here, you can have this. And so, I've kept this with me as a gift from him. Uh, like, I don't know, this is like 15 years old that I've, I've, I've had this uh, skateboard deck as a gift. Now, when you get a gift like this, what do you do? If you're like me, stick it up in my office, it's on display, because this is my cool art skateboard thing. <laughs> yeah, that is yours. And it's not anyone else's. It's, it's, it's in my office, it's mine, I get to keep it. What's the cool, one of the coolest gifts you've ever gotten? Yeah, you, whatever comes in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, like a car or something. I don't know. That would be pretty amazing if someone gave you a car, or parents gave you a car or something like that. Um, a phone. Uh, I don't know, some big memento. Anyways, when you think about a gift, you have to um, think about how you categorize that. And it's always like, it's mine. It's like for me to hold on to. When we talk about spiritual gifts, we have to kind of debunk that a little bit. Because what we're going to see here in this text is it's not for us. So we have to take it out of this category. When we think gifts, so here we are, we're talking about gifts, gifts, gifts. I I literally had to do this this week. I had to like take my, like, okay, rethink brain, rewire a little bit here to think about gifts differently so that I understand that when I hear the word gift, I'm not thinking how does this serve me, yeah, but how does this serve others? So that... That's what we're going to see in this next and part. It's,
2: and it's very important. So let, let's, um, I'm going to steal the reading from you for a minute. That was fine. You got it. Verse four. There are varieties of gift. Now see, there's, there's the diversity. Varieties of gift, but the same spirit. Varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God. A uh, little shout out to the Trinity mm-hmm. there. I don't know if you saw that or not. That. Uh, verse seven. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Here's why you get a gift. For the common good. It's not like Joel just pointed out. It's not for you. It's not for you to go. Joel said backstage earlier. I'm the tongues guy. <laughs> it's, no, you're not. If that's how you're viewing yourself, no. you're wrong. Um your your gift is given to you for the good of everybody else in this room not given for you. Um, there seems to be a theme developing in First yes. Corinthians here. I mean if you if you think back
1: we talked about your body in chapter 6 and how it's not your own, right? <laughs> it was bought with a price. We spent 3 5 weeks talking about your freedom. Yes. It's not, not your own. Not yours. <laughs> it's for other people, right? So if you haven't gotten it yet at this point, let us just say one more time, like,
0: your spirit and the gifts of the spirit are not for you. They're for other people. So in 4 through 6, there's, there's threefold in two different ways. So first we have uh, varieties of gifts, varieties of service, varieties of activities. And then, as Vic just said, we have uh, spirit, Lord God. We have the Trinity. So this is all grounded in the Trinity. And that's where we get the threefold. Uh, now I'm going to mess up the first part. Order. Order. <laughs> Diversity.
2: Order, diversity,
0: diversity beauty. and beauty. We should have you written would these think down.
2: we could figure this out. We should out. have
0: written this down. Order, diversity, and beauty. That That is the Trinity. And so this is it's all grounded in the Trinity. Um, but when you think about gifts, service, and activities, as I dug in a little deeper with, with, with that thought there, uh, gifts are just what they are. Like my friend giving me this. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't earn it. I didn't like pay for it. He just gave me this gift. So gifts are a grace from God. Uh, these are service. So there we go. It's it's outward facing and it's powered. That's what this word activities means. Varieties of activities. That means powered by the Holy Spirit. So this is literally the way we should view uh, spiritual gifts in these three ways. That it's a gift. That's a gift. That it's powered by the Holy Spirit. And that ultimately it's us outward working for the common good.
2: Right. and And... So, I probably we should make this announcement right now. We're not going to run through the gifts and how you figure out which one is yours. All right? So, if that's why he came tonight, sorry. Um, we might do a podcast on it. Probably won't. Probably won't. Um, <laughs> because it's not the point. Yeah. The, the point is, you're, you've been given a gift. We're going to talk about that in a second as we move through the text. And your gift matters. Your gift needs to function for the body to be healthy. Right? So, that's the point. Paul's making here not he's not listing gifts so we can all you know take this test and figure out what our gift is and if you read through here I just stopped myself from a rant right there I mean Did you I, see I'm Holy so Spirit sad. working right here okay. Okay. I'm so sorry I don't know what it,
1: could, <laughs> it could have been wonderful um it just it, if you read through it, it almost seems like he's kind of belaboring this point I mean he keeps saying over and over again this picture of like it's it's from god it's it's by god's will it's by the will of the spirit it's empowered by god so it, it's like like paul we like we get it um but you have to realize again he's speaking into a situation where there's there's division there's comparison there's pride there, this is the context again that, we're, that paul's right into here something is dividing the church and we've seen multiple things already throughout the book of things that are dividing the church is this something else that's dividing the church is this idea of like oh their gift is, is better than mine. I wish I had that gift, or I wish I had that gift, or my, I don't feel special enough, or, or whatever it is. And so he's, he's over and over again making this point that like it's God who gives the gift, God who decides, who apportions as he wills what this looks like, and it's not for you, it's for the common good. So he's doing this, again, saying it over and over again, all these different ways to fight that division, to fight that comparison, and to encourage followers to use their gifts, right? I mean, if you, if you really get that, If you really grasp and hold on to the fact that, like, this is from God, like that He has given you this gift to use for the good of the church, to use for the like, you you use it, right?
2: I mean, yeah. That's that's his hope, I think, anyway. In writing this, it's like, and and in um, eight through ten, he he lists, I think it's nine gifts, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when you get down to the end of the chapter, he lists some more. This is not an exhaustive list because you go to other places in the Bible. There's some gifts in those places that. Paul doesn't have here, and and again the point is not an exhaustive list of the gifts or how you get them. The point is here's what they're for, right? And um, I think if he was writing this letter today, it probably
0: wouldn't be about spiritual gifts. Yeah, because the point is not, uh, hey guys, I'm going to run you through the spiritual gifts. We're going to do a little test. We're going to make sure you know what your gifts are. Uh, after that, we're going to go practice them. <laughs> I mean, so so Paul is Paul is saying, look, here's the problem in your church. You're divided. You have pro- yes. you have a person who's saying like, oh, my gift's better than your gift. Like, so whatever that is in our church right now, I think that's what Paul would be writing to us about. So if, if right now it's the election and uh, your guy didn't get elected, or your guy did, and and we're not relating to each other as Christian brother and sisters in love and in unity, even in a divisive political system, then that's what Paul would be writing to us about. He'd be saying, guys, get on the same page with this, because that's not what, yeah, you ready? (laughs) Come on. But, and so the point of all of chapter 12 is not for you to walk away going, okay, here's my spiritual gift, I'm good now. Point of chapter 12 is for you to say, where is it in our church right now where where we need to be unified? Where is it that we, where we have divisions creeping in that we need to, to to fix? And we'll talk about this more later, but remember back
1: when it was in verse, uh, chapter one or two, they were divided over who they followed, right? I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, I follow Christ. And he, he said, is Christ divided, right? So remember that big picture here, guys, the point of the church, like is to be an image, right? For, for people like the, the name Christian, even. The reason they called us Christians like, is because it means little Christ, like representations of Christ on earth. This picture of the body, Christ is the head. Like we're the body of Christ on earth. Like we are supposed to be an image of Christ on earth and doing what Christ would do here on earth. And so if we're divided, that image is broken. The image is divided, right? And I just, I noticed this, this morning when I was reading through this again, he even says in verse seven, to each is given the what? What's that word? The manifestation hmm. of the spirit for the common good. Think about what that word means. Think about what another manifestation of God was. It's the Sunday school answer. Jesus, Jesus. The word became flesh. It was manifested in flesh. God as a human. Jesus, right? And so now that Jesus has died, risen up to heaven, down came the Holy Spirit, fills us as members together of the church. Now we have that manifestation of the Spirit of God until Christ returns. That's part of what we are as the church. And so if anything is causing that picture to be marred, that mirror that's supposed to reflect the glory of God, that's broken, that's divided, that's cracked because of anything, because of politics or sexual immorality or who you follow on Twitter or how you do communion or hear spiritual gifts, and there's a problem.
2: That's what Paul's writing into here. And, and so 8 through 10, he gives the list of the gifts. Please read it. Verse 11, he says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That's important. The the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit on how he distributes gifts, right? You don't don't get to decide, right? The Holy Spirit says, this gift needs to be manifest. I'm going to give it to this person. And and that's so multiple times that idea is mentioned here that it is God who wills it's the Spirit who wills uh, so it's God's sovereignty
0: and it displaces unity yeah uh, we've already talked about that a good bit that that the you'll see over and over in these verses one same like I I just sat here and circled as I was studying for this week every time one or same is in here and it's like twenty five times I, I'm I'm exaggerating but it, there, there's a lot that um, spiritual gifts are meant to come together in a way to where we look like we're all moving together. Thus, the um, illustration we're going to get here. And Just like a body moves together, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're it's to move one together. one of the
2: great illustrations. Like we were, trying, we were killing ourselves trying to come up with an illustration. You know why we can't? Because Paul has the best one. Yep.
1: Right? Yeah, we'll let's look that. Let's,
2: he, Well, he should have used it. He's going to talk about the body. He should have used like a sports team. But it doesn't doesn't work, because you can always sell off a player. Let's just look at what Paul says, shall we? Verse 12, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because... I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. (laughs) That that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? This has a little bit of a Monty Python vibe to it. Keep going. If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. Mm -hmm. That's the problem in Corinth. Division. There may be no division in the body. But that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Mm-hmm. Now, think, think about this illustration Paul's giving. Can, can you imagine, think about the foot and, um, it, it's, the, it's the foot and the ear, right? The foot and the ear are looking around going, well, I don't really matter. Think about the foot. Nobody wants, nobody, it, see, nobody wants to see your feet. <laughs> Sorry. Most of us, we got them covered up. We got <laughs> shoes on. You know, when you vote, nobody says, hey, raise your foot, right? The foot's going, I'm not a hand. The hand can wave. Like, I don't belong. There's this feeling of inferiority. The ear goes, I just sit here. Right? It's silly. We laugh. That's Paul, I think that's part of Paul's point going, you know this is nonsense. Your body can't function the way, like if you were just one big eye. First of all, you'd be weird. Yeah. But your body doesn't function that way. And Paul is saying, we are brought into this, into the church to compose one body with the head that is Jesus. And all of us matter. Even if you're a pinky toe, you matter.
1: Right? And it's not just brilliant because of that, but also because, again, and he makes this point by saying that about that there may be no division in the body. Like, again, he could have used other things, but with this analogy, like, it just... If everything is something else, if they're not working together, it doesn't work. Like if yeah. your body parts are not doing what they're supposed to do, like things break down quickly. And it, and it works both ways too, right? Yeah. Like an eye or a hand just sitting on the ground is pretty useless, right? <laughs> like a dismembered body part doesn't do anything. So, so like individually, if you think of yourselves in that way, individually we need the body, right? At the same way, a body without an eye or a hand is not able to function as well. So the body needs everyone individually so it really it flows it works both ways we have to rediscover this way of thinking if we're going to think about church and view church biblically not which church do i go to on sundays when i feel like it but what body are you a member of right mm-hmm. like those are two well, different ways of good. thinking
0: i like that because it flows both ways because obviously we need you yes the body needs you to play your part to do what god has gifted you to do but if you think about it like this too to disconnect yourself from the local body for you to say, yeah, it's not that important. It's, it's like cutting off a finger or a hand, like Chris was saying. What happens, if you cut that off, it's dead. For you to say, I don't need the church, you'll literally spiritually die.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We don't just say that because we're pastors of the local church. And I think that's really a part that can be tied into this analogy what Paul's presenting here that you, you'll die, you'll spiritually die if you're not connected to the lives of believers. That's how much you need it.
2: Yeah, I, and I just jotted down. So I, I got you two guys here to correct me if I'm wrong. I, I jotted down four quick ways because I know somebody in the room is going. I just want to know what my gift is. Let me give you four quick ways and then we'll jump back in. I just jotted these down. One is pray, right? Pray, God. You, you may you may be thinking, I have no idea what my gift is. Ask Jesus what your gift is. That's in accordance with his will. He's probably going to show you. I, the second thing is this. Ask a mature believer that knows you and has been around you what they think your spiritual gift is. A lot of times, they're going to have better insight than you do into that. Uh, number three is, and this one's huge, just serve somewhere. That's right right? Don't listen to me. Don't be like most of the 40-year-olds I know, mm. right? And if you're 40 years old in this room, I'm talking to you. You're sitting on the bench watching everybody else serve. Bunch of bottoms, eyes, and ears. Yes. The churches. Sorry, just come on. Insane. Get in the game. Like we, we need you. If we're going to reach lost people, we need you, right? So serve somewhere. You may be thinking, you may be thinking, I do not, nothing, nothing could make me go in to the one-year-old room on a Sunday morning. I, I might have to change a diaper. Hey, here's the reality. What do you think makes it a, a spiritual gift? That would be supernatural for some of you right. to go in there and hold a one-year-old. Right. right? Then you know the Holy Spirit is at work right there. Just serve somewhere, all right? That's number three. Sorry, this was an unplanned rant. Um, Number four. best kind. Number four is this. What brings you joy? Hmm. Like your spiritual gift should not be something that robs you of happiness. What what brings others joy? And what brings other people joy? I should have added. I will add that. And can I I clarify?
1: Not go against anything you said. Is everything (laughs) you said is accurate and correct? But... I think this is super important, so I want to say this too. When we talk about gifts and we talk about the body needing you, we don't just mean that this is like an excuse to get extra child care volunteers, right? Find out your gifts you can like, <laughs> help Gail because...
2: <laughs> yes, we so need true. more child <laughs>
1: care we do, but listen... This local body we call Watkinsville has a purpose beyond survival and self-feeding, okay? More than just continuing to be here and make sure services happen every Sunday. If that's all we exist for, then we are missing it, okay? We'll see in chapter 14 much more clearly that gifts are for the building up, encouraging, edifying, and consolation of the church, but is that an end to itself? No, no, it's not. (laughs) What is the purpose of the church? And therefore, what is the purpose of your gifts that are to build up, edify the church? Do y'all remember where tongues started? Anybody? Book of Acts, I believe. Yeah. Let's have a short history lesson because this, when I I realized this, I thought it was really interesting and helpful. This church, at the time that Paul writes this letter, has only been around for like 20 years, right? Yep. I mean, like just just get that in your mind for a second. He's writing to a church, like church in general, as they understood it, had been around for like 20 years. Followers of Christ gathering together, Jews, Gentiles, worshiping God in this way. When Paul writes these words, Now, I may get a little pushback on this, and that's fine. I'll welcome the conversation. But it's my personal conviction that church as we know it was formed as a response to the Great Commission and as a fulfillment of Acts 1-8. Here's why I say that. Because track with me here. End of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter... 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, in the, name of the Father, hunt, Son, Holy Spirit, teach them to obey I all to you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age, right? And then he says to his followers, Y'all wait here until I send the gift from the Father. And then to clarify that a little bit, he follows up with Acts 1.8, which says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then he leaves. And then they wait, right? And then, so just get this. At this moment, the mission of the people of God is clear. With the authority of Christ, in the power of the Spirit, be witnesses of the gospel from here to the ends of the earth, baptizing and making disciples among all people groups. That's their mission. That's the purpose of followers of Christ. But if that's the mission, what's the method? If that's the purpose, how does that play out? Acts 2, Pentecost, The spirit falls. All of a sudden, people are speaking in tongues. That's where it started. Peter gets bold. Okay, the same Peter who denied Christ like 30 minutes ago, it feels like. He denies Christ. Spirit falls. All of a sudden, he's standing up preaching the gospel. Thousands are saved. And then they start gathering in churches. See it in Acts 2, 42. So later, after that persecution hits, they scatter to guess where? Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and they keep planting churches wherever they land for the 2,000 years up until today and until Christ returns. That's the method. That's how this mission plays out is through the church. So local churches proclaiming the gospel, living out the gospel wherever they are, and then sending people to places where there aren't local churches to plant them there to do the exact same thing. So that is why we need you to use your spiritual gifts to be a part of a local church doing that. It's much bigger than us gathering on Sunday, right? We gather on Sunday for a bigger purpose, bigger than you, bigger than anything else. So don't miss that in this
2: conversation about gifts. Like hear that clearly. And the reality is we need the world needs it. Right? At the church, we're supposed to be a display of the the perfect relationship inside the Trinity. Right? That yeah. that idea of um of diversity and um, beauty and order. Yes, got it. I Nailed was going it. in. I was all over the map, but I was getting there.
0: <laughs> Nailed it.
2: Order, diversity, and beauty. Just because we—that's what—that's what, that's what did we're this. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Think about what would happen in our world, in our in our right. culture right now. If that's who we were. If, if we saw our our gifts, our freedom, everything Paul's been getting on to the church at Corinth about, if we just said, you know what? Nothing I have belongs to me. It's not for me. It's for others. Man, think about what would happen in our culture, regardless of what happens outside these doors. What would happen if we just started doing that in here? Mm. That is earth, shattering, and, and sends ripples through the cosmos to change the world. And that's, that's what Paul's calling the Corinthian church to. It's what he's calling us to. And um, he, he's, he's actually setting us up a little bit for chapter 13. Right? Because what, what Paul's going to say in chapter 13 is this. You know what? It really doesn't matter about your freedom. It doesn't matter about your head coverings. It doesn't, it, it ultimately doesn't matter what your gifts are if you're unloving. Mm-hmm. That's all, the whole book has been on this collision course with chapter 13, which is the love chapter. We read it at weddings. Not why Paul wrote it. Paul is saying, look, if you don't love, none of this matters. And so we're going to kind of leave you hanging on that cliff right there with this idea that we are supposed to display the order and the diversity and the beauty of the Trinity as we love and serve one another. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to pen this letter to the Corinthians. And and we can sit and judge the Corinthians and think, man, what a mess they were. But we don't have to look far to see we are guilty of the same kind of division. It may not be about the same things, but man, can we be divisive. So Father, where we are divisive, we want to repent of that. We want to lay that at your feet and say, Father, unify us Help us love and serve one another for the good of all people and for the glory of King Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, next week, not gathering here, we're going to gather at Prince at 7 p.m. and join us right outside the doors for uh, some refreshments. Have a great week.